Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. This Sunday, Hans-Georg Hoprich will continue our series through the Book of Acts. Looking at today's passage from Acts 15.41 to 16.10, we will see how Timothy became a part of Paul's ministry and how the churches in the area were strengthened. But we will also learn about the problems and oppositions that they encountered and how all this led to God's Word reaching Europe. Join us now for this sermon about what opens when doors close. that uh, today Hans-Georg is with us again, um, and he is continuing and extending um, the, the sermon series on the Book of Acts. Sunday is always um, a very special time, and uh, I rejoice in what God provides in, for us in resting, in just settling down, having peace and, you know, the general uh, Jewish word of shalom means much more than just peace. It's in fullness of rest. And the Evangelical Alliance, the World Evangelical Alliance, um, that's the topic this year. Uh, You may want to join uh, the Um, prayer week, the International Prayer Week of the um, Evangelical Alliance here in uh, Vienna. Certainly, uh, we in Eisenstadt, we have uh, this very special week together, and it talks, you know, this the topic this year is um, resting, peace, settling down, uh, and so on. And um, I mean, we do uh, rest and settle, uh, but I think there's much more in that than just um, having a Sunday or having a a holiday. Um, Resting means that I will get everything from God. It's not what I do, because it's deep in our understanding, religious understanding, that we have to do something. Well, the Bible tells us He has done everything for us. So we, we are at the end of receivers. We receive from Him, and that is so enriching. Now this uh, morning, uh, we... As we go ahead with um, Acts, we will see, um, you know, if if we uh, don't get into rest and and only just put the emphasis on being active and on the run, um, well, God will provide rest, to say the least. He is the provider. And uh, as we look in uh, Acts uh, 15, 45 to chapter 16, 10, this is what happened with Paul, uh, with the Apostle Paul, with uh, Silas, and uh, then, of course, Timothy joined them. What opens when doors close? That's the topic 
what opens when doors close? Has this um, ever happened to your family? Dad loads the SOV or the, the minivan with all the vacation necessities, suitcases, sunscreen, fishing poles and tennis rackets, bicycles and ice chest or ice box, and of course a stack of full color touring guides. You may uh, want to look at them, of course, on your mobile, but uh, you know, I'm kind of this generation who still have a magazine to, to actually look uh, at. Soon everyone piles uh, aboard um, and, and, and dad uh, steers the, the family SUV or the, the family minivan into the open road. Hours later, after 10 rounds of, of snacks and as many bathroom breaks, your family finally arrives at the well-selected hotel that you have picked out from a well-known and colorful presented vacation monthly magazine. Is that what you do? Is that how you select your, your uh, break, your uh, family holi holiday? But suddenly and sadly, dad stops the van and there is a, a collective groan. Glowing in red <laughs> neon in the front window at the uh, are the disheartening words, no vacancy. Wow. So your family tries the next best and cheap. Of course, it needs to be cheap, you know. Um, you can't choose an, an expensive hotel. You never choose a, a five-star hotel, do you? Uh, so they go on, on the magazine again. Well, they change to... I don't know, page um, 32 or so, um, at this uh, vacation uh, magazine, and they find the hotel uh, eventually, but the same sign says in red, neon, colored, no vacancy. They turn to page I don't know, 55, turn on, find the, uh, the address, page uh, 93, they change, they find and find, but wherever they go, it says, no vacancy. Even the last hotel, you can make fun out of it. Uh, I can call it the Motel Bear Claw, whatever name it had. It still says, no vacancy. Everywhere you turn, closed doors confront you. Well, closed doors are not limited, as you may have experienced in your life uh, towards vocations. However, they have a way of kind of 
popping up in all areas of our lives. There sometimes there seem to be closed doors. Expectantly you set out for some grand goal. The road is smooth and the timing seems right. Then without warning, suddenly and expected, slam. One door closes. Then another. And then another. Have you experienced that? That's the situation we find Paul in, and Paul finds himself in, in the second missionary journey. This journey that began with high hopes for evangelizing Asia, and almost ended with a string of closed doors, no vacancy, lots of no vacancy signs on. Well, uh, mind you, uh, Paul and his team, they were well prepared for this second journey. Paul had every reason to expect that this second journey would be just as uh, successful as the first one. Do you Remember, still remember the report he gave in his sending church in Antioch after he and Barnabas returned from Pamphylia. That's what many, many missionaries do. And we encourage our co-workers all around the globe to give report to their sending church. It's mission all about, you know. You need to have a ascending church. It's not an individualism. Uh, it's not your choice, but it's the choice of the church to send out co-workers of a local church out into the world. This is what the Lord wants to have. That's the kind of basis when we think about missions. And that exactly happened with Paul and Barnabas. They came back. They not only went on and on and on. No, they came back to reflect again, to be refreshed, to get new insights, to rest. It's so important well, we are in touch with many, many co-workers. Just uh, Friday, we talked about uh, with uh, people in Mauritius, beautiful island, Mauritius. Um, this week, we will talk with people in Mexico. We'll talk with uh, some in Italy. We talk uh, with people in Central Asia. Just last week, we sent out an Austrian lady to Central Asia, beautiful lady, went out with a little dog. Uh, it was beautiful to see her after so many years. That's mission all about, and I get excited about it. Paul 
um, they came back, reported, and were sent out. In Acts 14, 27, we read, When they had arrived and gathered the church together, they began to report all things that God, it was God doing something. It wasn't Paul and Barnabas. It was God doing with them and how he, God, opened What did he do? He opened a door of faith for to the Gentiles. Locked in his memory um, was God's power. Not only amongst Jewish people, but amongst the Gentiles. God has done a great work among the Gentiles. Surely God would hold this door of faith. Open on his second trip as well. In addition, the Jerusalem Council had recently laid the doctrinal foundation. Remember, it was a first church of its kind. So they needed a foundation of how they are going to do it. Um, According to the word of God, they Uh, sat down, they had a big discussion, maybe even, um, uh, you know, the top leadership of the church, they may have had a a verbal uh, discussion and a verbal fight with it. You know, a big discussion. How how are we going to do it? How do we get organized? I guess you do that uh, right now with the B1 church. It's, It's when you sit down and you know, look into each one's eyes. You, you need to discuss it. It's not, you don't take it for granted. Yes, it is hard. Because we, as many people get together, as many views, uh, thoughts, and so on you have. But it's, it's necessary. We can't do otherwise than sitting down. And they made up their mind and they set out um, uh, a foundation for the Gentiles um, and uh, we read about it in um, Acts 15 uh, what the requirements were and Paul had found a, a, a new a traveling partner, one with full enthusiasm and energy as we read in Luke uh, in Acts 15:40 um he found Silas going with him uh, on this mission trip all these factors flowed together like tributaries um forming a kind of bubbling river of excitement for the journey ahead. As you go on holiday, you know, you are excited. Well, this wasn't a holiday trip, though, but they also were excited of what is going to happen, of what God is going to do. Um, It was, um, they were on a big tour. And it was for Paul, it, um, it must have meant so much more because he was on familiar territory. He was 
at the kind of place that he knew well. Choosing a land rather than a sea route to Asia, Paul and Silas hike to Tarsus, and you can see that on the map. This was, of course, Paul's um, hometown through a pass called Silesian Gates and up into the Taurus Mountains. This is familiar, you know. He, I mean, he, as we say in German, he knew, you know, he knew the place like his own pocket. Uh, this is a familiar territory for Paul, a welcome sight at, as he walks along. He knew the places quite well. He must have been excited um, and looking forward to the reunion with his Asian friends. Indeed, what they did, and, and that really happened because the word of God says so, they were strengthening the churches. They uh, supported them. They encouraged them. When he finally reached them, the doors are wide open. Wide open for him to accomplish this uh, first objective. Acts 15.41 in our text says, He went to Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches, supporting them. Luke records no persecution in this area. Previously, they had suffered of persecution and of abuse. He and Silas are free to encourage. It must have been, you know, they were thriving in what they are doing, that what they were doing. And um, as they moved along, and that's kind of natural. It needs a moving along and, and a moving on. They did not stop. It was an ongoing process. Well, God was in it. They found an exciting new partner. They, Paul saw Timothy. He chose Timothy uh, in a way that uh, we may not choose people, but at least when they come to Derby and then Lystra, one of Paul's young converts, Timothy impresses them. He saw something in Timothy. You know, he was looking carefully as we, you know, that's kind of my daily practice to kind of make a, a selection process of people going overseas and, 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 and you can see oftentimes, you know, the kind of perspective people have and the excitement. And you see they grow spiritually. You know, they grow immensely. And Timothy impresses them, um, Paul and Silas, with his rapid spiritual growth. Here is the first 
mention of this man, Timothy, who would become Paul's mentee and one of the early church first pastors. What a great testimony that was. And we read in First and Second Timothy about Paul encouraging Timothy and, uh, and, and setting him aside to uh, be a good pastor. And then in Acts 16, 1 to 3, we read, Behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. And he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted this man to go with him. And what did he do? Uh, he didn't ask many questions. He didn't go to people to ask around. He did not. But what he did, and it makes uh, the Bible makes it very plain, kind of a strange selection process, at least for me. I wouldn't dare to do that uh, nowadays, but that's what Paul did because he could see the potential in Timothy. And he took him, that's what we read in the Bible, uh, in Acts 16, 3. And he took him and circumcised him because the Jews who were in those parts, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. It was kind of a, a sudden uh, change because Timothy is half Jewish. His mother is a Jewish believer, but his father was Greek. Paul needed to circumcise him to remove any barriers for the gospel. Now the Jews could not say, because it was done, we are not interested because of Timothy. And of course the new Jewish believers would not be turned off to Timothy uh, as a pastor in training because Paul did something that was needed for Jewish believers. That was the basis. What the apostle had seen lacking, by the way, and we talked about it last time when we talked about the clash between Paul and Barnabas, what Paul has had seen lacking in John Mark, he found in Timothy, who had a good reputation among the believers in the area and was willing to stay. He didn't run away in uh, the obstacles that came, but he stayed. He was clinging to the task. Willing to stay by his side, by Paul's side on the road. Now this surely was yet another, surely yet another widely open door. You know, to get a, a new kind of excited co-worker what an encouragement that must have been. An open door. He longed to groom a younger man to carry on the ministry. And Timothy was certainly the perfect choice. Um, of course, 
their task was foremost and first to delivering decrees. With Timothy now on board, you know, the decrees that were made on the uh, council in in uh, Jerusalem, and they had to deliver it. That was their major, one of their major tasks to deliver these decrees. And with Timothy now aboard, the missionaries traveled throughout the region explaining the decree from the Jerusalem council. And we read in Acts 16.4, as they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by, reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. And indeed, as they obeyed, the church grew abound incredibly. This shows yet another open door. What an excitement, the growth of the church. Another open door in their ministry for the people's response is so positive, even to the decree that was made in Jerusalem. In fact, Luke records an encouraging, phenomenal growth in every church. Not just in one, but in every church there was a abound growth. And in Acts 16.5 it says the churches were strengthened in the faith. And, you know, that's something we are longing in every church. Don't you? I am longing to see that happening. Not only with our African brothers. Uh, oftentimes we look... You know, beyond, and we see growth everywhere else. And what about Austria? Is there any growth in church? We see our Chinese brothers and sisters. Growth incredible. We long to see growth, don't we? I long to see growth. The word... Strengthen, that is used in Greek, means to make firm or solid. That is the meaning of strengthening. Together with a word that is used here as well, increasing, tells us that the, the believers, spiritual muscles, were continually being built up and the numbers continually, continually multiplying. What an encouragement that must have been. For the missionaries, this news puts um, uh, a fresh spring in, into, in their step and a kind of a, a, a boost, a fire. In their soul as they saw firmly what was happening. Really, every turn the wind of God's Spirit is pushing doors open for the gospel. Surely, as the, the three men ventured further into Asia, God will risk them through more open doors in even greater success. Wow. 
hearts pounding with anticipation. They heat into the surrounding regions, you know, and you can, you could really feel the, the excitement that was backing them up and pushing them out. But suddenly, a full stop came. Full stop. Totally unexpected. The wind of fire stops. Blocked from new regions. Yes, they knew what we know. The Bible tells us clearly in Revelation 3, 7 and 8, it says, who He who is holy, who is true, has the key of David, who opens and no one, no one, what an encouragement, no one will shut and who shuts and no one opens, says this. I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. Because of the Philadelphia's church reverence and commitment, Christ opened wide a door of ministry and growth for them. However, just as he opens some doors... He closes others. And we need to realize that. I think if, as we are on the move, we think everything should move on, you know, and as it is, you know, we, we kind of need a kind of a tradition and, and we think, you know, it's always going like this. But God is not a machine. He's God. We need to realize that. Um, he does both. As we see from what happens with Paul's ministry, as he travels deeper into Asia, they were, can you imagine? I mean, it's hard to stomach, forbidden to speak. It, it, it's so hard to kind of get to grips with it, to think about it. You know, this powerful Paul and this powerful team were prohibited to speak. Acts 16, 6 says, And they passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been, well, and that's even harder, forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. It breaks my heart. Just to think about it, you know, what do we offer people? That's the only thing we can offer. It's the word of God. And now you're prohibited to speak. What is it? How can that happen? The word forbidden in Greek is derived from this Greek word of kolos, an older word that means to cut short, to lop, or to trim. In a sense, the missionaries forged ahead in one direction and the Holy Spirit kind of 
cut them off. They went another way. Well, they were cut off again. It, it, it's hard to say so. And I start to stutter because it, it, you know, my spirit is moved with the fact not, you know, of no opening. Um, forbidden to speak. Well, they were cut off again. Like mice in a maze, they wandered from here to there, not able to settle or minister anywhere in the Phrygia or Galatian church, uh, place. Again, uh, it says here, they were kept from entering. Eventually, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm sweating now because uh, it's too hard for me. I'm in heart, also a co-worker of Christ, and experience something quite like that. It's so heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Because that's all we have. We don't have beyond that. The only thing we have is the gospel. Now, if we are not able to present people with the gospel, what else do we have? Is there anything else we have? I don't have anything else to present people with. Act 16, 7 and 8 says, And when they had come to Mysia, they were trying to go to Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus <clears throat> did not permit them. And passing by Mysia and came down to Troas, would you believe it? Even more doors closed. Try as they may, God was kind of blocking all their desperate efforts. Was it for lack of needy people in these regions? Or the contrary, these men and women needed Christ too. Even so, the Lord Jesus was restraining his messengers and his message. Likewise, in your and my life, and you may think of a circumstance right now, of a situation in your life, God may have shut a door. Shut down and exciting ministries. He did that several times and I could um, expound on that, that how God shut doors. It was impossible, you know. I thought, you know, how are we going to move on after that? I couldn't see beyond. Working with a BEG Four years or so ago, it stopped suddenly. It wasn't possible. No kind of move. It wasn't against BEG, but our time was over. It was finished. We could not go any further. Of course, we, Margaret and myself, we kind of um, were blocked and, and we, we were disheartened uh, because... You know, nothing more could happen. We could not see beyond. You know, it was kind of like a big mountain in front of us and we could not see any further. 
In our lives, God will sometimes shut down an exciting ministry or allow obstacles in our paths like sickness, financial difficulties, job failures, or relationship breakups. You know, it's not easy to see that happening. I don't like it. We think everything must be smooth because we are Christians. But how often relationship breaks up. At times like these, it is easy to become frustrated, disheartened. We cannot imagine why God could shut some of the doors he does. It's kind of beyond what we can cope with. Rationally, of course, you know, in the Western church, we are, you know, we are influenced by Greek thinking and then we put ration in. Rationally, one plus one equals two. Rationally, we try to explain it, saying maybe we just made a mistake or just this last week we had to do a funeral and uh, the mom, it was heartbreaking, really. It was the third son. This, man, this mom looked into the grave, heartbreaking. And Margaret talked to this mom, you know, Hey, I tell you, it was a very, very hard. And, and oftentimes, and the, the mom, you know, as we talked with them, um, um, you know, getting ready for the funeral, how can that happen to me? The mom said. And everybody who's experienced something quite like that, you know, with the first um, uh, son or daughter looking into the uh, grave uh, of uh, burying a daughter or a son, you know, you know what, what it means with one. But she had three to look in, and the last one was last Tuesday with 58 years. Mom looked into the grave. We, maybe we just made a mistake. Maybe we need to, to try harder. But when the Lord Jesus Christ closes a door, he merely has his sight on something better. I want to encourage you. There's something better. Something around the bend we cannot see yet. And I'm very firm on that because it is because of that full stop for Paul, that something was Austria, Europe. Europe was there that needed the gospel desperately. Thus, the three missionaries were directed to another plan. Now, Paul had planned to evangelize Asia, and that was a big task. Uh, that goes without saying. But for now, Asia was merely God's hallway 
for his men to, to kind of pass through. Along the way, they jiggled doorknobs and tested locks. But somehow and weird enough, no door opened. Whatever they tried, impossible. Until they reached the very end of the corridor. You know, God comes in time. We need to hold on to that. It's his time, not ours. They then had, Paul had a vision. And passing through Mysia and Paul and his companions finally arrive in Troas, a city on the western edge of Asia that overlooks the Again, See, we uh, see that on the map. God has blocked them from going north, south, or east. So here they stand with the toes in the sand at Asia's westernmost point. Whom would they witness there? The fish? Who was there? They could not see a person. There is nothing to do except wait on God and get some test. And while they, <laughs> it's, it's amazing, you know. It wasn't, they were not in action, but they were sleeping. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I find that, you know, it, 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 it's with joy that I realize, you know, they were not in action. They just were sleeping. And what happened? Act 69, it reads, A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A certain man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over! Come over to Macedonia and help us. That's it. And you could hear, you know, I don't know whether Paul was talking while he was had, while he had this uh, vision, but you could really imagine easily Paul saying, that's it. That's it. Paul must have probably exclaimed, that's it. That's it. I was waiting for that. God had opened to another remaining door across the sea was Macedonia, a region that is part of modern day Greece. Paul, at Paul in frustration, returned to Antioch earlier, or stubbornly, you know, that can happen, that we don't heat to close doors. Um, to the resisting of the Holy Spirit, the barricades in Asia, he would have missed this opportunity. Imagine. Finally, the time of testing as, and, and waiting was over and the missionaries could get to the real <laughs> business of evangelism. And we, we hear of, of a person right away they make preparations to cross over to Macedonia, but before leaving Troas, they add a fourth man to the team. Notice, and it's interesting because we read exactly the story out of the hand of this Dr. Luke. Um, 
notice who this person is. It's Luke. Acts 16, 10 says, And when Paul had seen the vision immediately, we... So Luke was included in that we, we sought to go to Macedonia. It's Luke himself, possibly a citizen of Troas. Dr. Luke joins the mission as Paul's physician as, and as an evangelist on his own right. Um, the, there are a couple of three Uh, um, there are three we's, um, uh, sections in Acts in which Luke accompanies Paul personally in chapter 16 and chapter 20, 27 and so on. It talks about the plural we, we together. And of course, Luke was part of this again. He, uh, the closed doors in Asia are a big blessing. For had it not been for them, Paul might have missed meeting Luke here in Troas. Indeed, there was a call. Luke fits in well with the team. The Lord has uh, placed the people of Macedonia on his heart too. For as the group prepares To cross the sea, he concludes, Acts 16.10, God has called us to preach the gospel to them. And in Asia, the missionaries had not sensed that calling in spite of the ever-present needs around them. The Lord Jesus Christ was pointing them onwards to Troas, where they could receive His call towards Europe, to the European continent. Now they could press forward uh, confidently knowing Christ was with them all the way. And here the message was applied. And we want to apply finally today. This is the message. Let us apply it. It doesn't make sense just looking at Paul and, uh, and Silas and Timothy without applying it to us today, now, even at the end of, or the start of the second week in January 2022. We need to apply it. If we don't apply it, we go move out here and nothing will change. So let's apply it. Are you searching for God's call and finding nothing but closed doors? Maybe you long to sense God's power and discover now uh, new areas of, of blessing. But no matter which door you try, nothing clicks open. And are you still stumbling And groping along like Paul in dry, barren Asia? Whether you, your closed doors are sickness, failure, frustrating circumstances, Paul's story offers two truths that will quench your parched spirit. 
There are two important, maybe there are even more, but I, these are just the two truths that we may take from here today back into normal life. Before, the first one is before the Lord can turn on, can turn us, he often has to stop us. Again, before the Lord can turn us, he often has to stop us. You know, to reflect, to settle down again, to know who we are, where we come from, where we are going. There are times when we drive through life he, uh, heeding a certain direction with a cruise control. And I like cruise control on my car because oftentimes we are approaching midnight and traveling, you know, in the motorway here in Austria, no cars on. Uh, I find my, 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 you know, my fa nearly faster sleeping already put cruise control on and you can cruise on, you know. But God has a different destination for us. So he places potholes, boom, 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 you know, potholes to wake us up. Hello, my dear, what are you doing? Then he throws obstacles across the road so that we turn this way and that. Finally, he sets down a solid brick wall and we come screeching to, uh, to a stop. It's now and then that he can turn us around. You know, when he blocks us, when we start thinking. So it's very important, actually. Very important, a close story. It's very, very important. You may not have ever seen it like that, but certainly in the situation, Paul finds himself is very important. It may also be very important for, for you. And in this way, closed doors are not the end, but the beginning of God's new dream for us. This is, in fact, leading us to the second truth. First one, before the Lord can turn us, he often has to stop us. Secondly, when a good door closes, a better door opens. When a good door closes, a better door opens. Recall the psalmist in words, Psalm 84, 11. No good thing does he without from those who walk uprightly. And Jesus' words too. It's hard. It touches my heart again. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 11, If you then, being evil, how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more shall your Father, who is in heaven, give what is what? Good. Good. To those who ask Him. To those who ask him, God truly has our good in mind and is willing to open doors for us in his time. The issue is, will we move through our barren Asia trusting him? And there are barren places without doubt 
who opens, remember. Who opens and no one will shut and shuts and no one opens. Or else will we keep banging and pushing on closed doors? Going on and on and on. Two of the most mysterious phrases are here in Acts 16, 6 and 7. Having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit, speak the word in Asia. The Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. That's heart searching. That's a hard word, isn't it? Now, how did the Holy Spirit forbid them? Now, how were they not permitted by the Spirit of the Lord Jesus? It may have been through giving the missionaries a strong, united, inward impression or through some um, outward circumstance like um, illness, uh, kind of opposition from the Jews or uh, maybe a, a legal ban. Um, can you see you know, how this applies to our times today? Or through the, I, I mean, they had some uh, prophets around, perhaps Silas himself, because Acts 15.32 says Judas and Silas who themselves were prophets. It may be new. Suddenly to realize, well, they were the prophets. They said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. We can read that in Acts 15.32. God may use all kinds of ways to close doors. Take some time. It's so important, and I, I would like to urge you, you know, to rest afresh. To sit down. To think about your situation. Maybe this afternoon. Maybe this week when you have time, reflect afresh. Do you sense that God is closing a door? What causes you to believe that? If do all doors seem open now, um, think about some past examples. What has been your response to, to these signs of a closed door? Have you felt frustrated, um, fearful even, because you did not know what, will, what is going to happen. Resistant, are you able to accept wholeheartedly a closed door and move on? That's a big question. How do you think you can increase your sensitivity, acceptance, and willingness when God begins, begins to show you he has closed the door in your life? Paul was seeking Asia when God opened up Europe. We may be seeking school or career, relationship or ministry, only to have God open a door to a future far better than we imagined. Sometimes we are afraid of open doors. Even if treasure is on the other side, we may feel safer following our own predictable map, which is natural. So God has to close that door. He needed it. You need it. 
If God unexpectedly opened a door in your life, would you be spontaneous enough to enter right away, or would you hesitate? Could God be opening a door you hadn't planned on? You know, these are my questions that I would like to ask and present you with in order to think about your own situation when God closes a door. How can you alter your course to enter that open door? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, yes, we confess, and it's very hard to see that you close doors in our lives. It's very hard. And sometimes we go against and um, put our head against a brick wall. We think that can't be happening to us, and yet it's a door you closed. And we thank you that you put us in human perspectives even now in times like these, that we see the brick walls, the circumstances in Austria, here in Vienna, the circumstances even in our own life right now. Help us to accept them and even be in excitement of what you want to do in our lives. We thank you for the word of God is so encouraging us. Thank you that after that Asia minor experience of Paul, you opened a door to come over to Europe so that the gospel was preached even in our area, so that we could hear about the Lord Jesus, the saving love of the Lord Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord God, that you are a faithful God. Your love never fails. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word that is pondering and um, coming close to us. And we praise you for your presence, even in our lives, even tomorrow, even in the days to come, to see your good hand, your powerful hand in our lives and in the lives of others. Thank you that you are standing with us as we move on on your path. We praise you. We worship you for you for you who you are, loving Father. We give you all the glory. Thank you that you're with us even in times that are dark, unknown to us. You are a God who is the good shepherd. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for the rest we can have and for the shalom. You are the only one that can give that shalom. Peace abound. We praise you and we worship you. Thank you for being with us these days. And thank you that we look forward meeting you face to face. We praise you and worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen.